Hold up. Stop the presses. Can't believe it. We're actually doing an episode of Big Apple Buckets coming off a Knicks win. I know this is very rare for you guys, but we break down their impressive victory over the Heat and look ahead to who the Knicks could look to trade in the next few weeks with longtime New York Post columnist Mike Vaccaro. We also joined by a rapper and diehard Knicks fan, my man Marlon Kraft. All that and more next on Big Apple Buckets with the New York Post. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to Big Apple Buckets, a New York Post, New York Knicks podcast. I'm your host, Kazim Famuide, also known as Kaz. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Kazim, K-A-Z-E-E-M. New episodes drop each and every Tuesday as we dive into everything Knicks and chat with special guests. Hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. All those are good places. Please, I need all the streams. I need every single last one of them. Mike Vaccaro makes his debut on the pod this week, along with my man Marlon Kraft, MC extraordinaire. But first, let's talk some Knicks basketball. I know you guys are probably watching playoff football, or the rest of the world is watching playoff football. But, surprise, surprise, the Knicks pulled off a nail-biter against one of the top teams in the NBA, the Miami Heat, at Kids Day at Madison Square Garden this past Sunday. Uh, great games from Julius Randle, who's coming off of uh, missing two games due to the loss of his grandmother. Uh, R.J. Barrett, we saw, the, we saw the debut of Headband Row. Hashtag Headband Row. R.J. Barrett, uh, who didn't see his barber, who definitely didn't go to Lines Den barbershops and get his shape up before the game. So he threw on a headband, and he had a good game, and it was making free throws, so good for him. And Kevin Knox! Woke up from the dead as well and had a pretty good Mr. game. Mr. Inconsistent himself. Mr. Inconsistent As I himself. reference in a rap later in the show that people <laughs> can hear. Oh, I'm sure by the time they listen to this again, this will it'll be a lot more sweeter. This will be my, my one shining moment in my rap career. <laughs> <laughs> Freestyling for the great Marlon Craft. My goodness. But, I mean, we got we got to give uh, credit where credit's due, man. The Knicks uh, were coming off a game that, you know, they they you know they had to win. And to me, I think was their best win of the season outside of the, the two Dallas wins uh, early in the year. But, um, you know, they looked poised. They hit free throws. Uh, Randall was looking excellent. He looked uh, energized. He looked, you know, inspired. And you could tell for the reasons why. And, um, you know, R.J. Barrett looked really good as well. And, you know, point guard play has steadied. Bro, what's what's been the change, man? I mean, like, the inconsistency's been there. But, you know, they've they've been in these games. They've been in these games. We didn't show any love to Taj Gibson. It's the Taj, Taj Gibson, Gibson. Ga- game. This guy had 40, 14 points. That's the most he had all year. This guy has been scoring two points, barely attempting any field goals. He's been kind of like a Kurt Thomas without the jumper. He sets the screens, gets around the screens, gets guys the ball. And he's the guy who stands at the perimeter and hands it off like yeah. he's a quarterback to the running back. Yeah. He scored 14. So when you get contributions from him, you expect good things. And you're right. After Friday's embarrassment to the Pelicans, Pelicans stink. Yeah. And they needed yeah. to come out with a nice effort on a Sunday. We've seen a lot of bad efforts from the Knicks at home mm. on Sundays. Also, known as, the, also known as the New York City flu. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Sunday Saturday morning. night, you know, you, you hit uh, one oak and Sunday <laughs> bad things happen. If J.R. Smith's popping a bottle of Henny on a Saturday <laughs> night, you know, Sunday afternoon matinee is never anything special. But as you said, they do it in front of the kids. And you beat the Heat who Cavs have been shocking with half their roster you've never heard of. Yeah. They have guys from the G League coming out of nowhere and being great, and that's an impressive win against the third-best team in the East. I mean, listen, one thing we definitely got to give credit to, to the Heat is a guy like Eric Spolstra, who never gets 
any sort of credit. Never gets any coach of the year talk. Like, this dude could coach his behind off, man. And he's never been, no matter what roster he's been given, he's always been in the mix for something. So Miami are a great franchise. Uh, guys like uh, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Harrow, Kendrick Nunn, Bam Adebayo, and, of course, Jimmy Butler. I mean, those that's that's a legit team, and that's going to be a team that might make some noise when it's springtime out and, and they're going for a I think conference they're more of a regular season team. I don't see them in the playoffs, and I'm going to be the hater that's wrong, yeah. just like everyone about the tennis, <laughs> Tennessee Titans right now. Everyone hates them. They're going to the AFC Championship. Yeah. I just don't see these young guys in big spots going up against guys like Giannis and other teams in the East, like the Pacers. I don't know if they're that that gritty yet, mm-hmm. but this is a good step for them, the fact that they're going to be third in the East with guys who were on 10-day contracts and two-way contracts. And it helps that their fans are traveling to the point where Madison Square Garden has let's go heat yeah. chants raining over the building. What has happened? Yeah, you were Kaz, tied about. You were tied to about home this. Court at the Garden. They're Heat fans. Yeah. They get there in the second quarter and leave in the third. <laughs> I don't get it. Let me tell you. I mean, to be fair. There were a lot of children in the building, so you don't know if the, those. I don't think there were grown. They men weren't training. kids that loud. <laughs> they weren't kids. Can't make that much noise. This isn't a Justin Bieber concert. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know but it, I was. I was. It was different because Heat fans usually don't travel. Heat fans barely go to their own games. Let, let's so, be real. They're front runners. I mean, yeah. they, they came They when LeBron came, and now that they're good again, maybe that's why. Mm-hmm. And someone tweeted me, oh, it happened at Bar- Barclays in Brooklyn. That always happens. Yeah. Barclays is not a lot of true Nets fans show yeah. up. But this is the garden. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's frustrating. It was a little frustrating, but it was good to see the Knicks pull out a win that, you know, was a very, very good one against a quality team. When you're talking about Eastern Conference uh, teams, I know you mentioned that you don't really believe in them, but, like, you know, who's really ahead of them right now? Maybe the Sixers? Do you believe in those guys? Not really. Well, the Bucks, obviously. The Bucks, yes, absolutely. The Boston Celtics, Celtics absolutely. But then what? Raptors. The Ra- uh, Raptors really? have playoff experience. True, true, true. Uh, Siakam, Six- Van Vliet. Sixers will depend on your boy Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. and if he comes back. Yeah, I'll um, be talking with him later today. And then the Nets, I mean, you know, Kyrie's back. He looked pretty damn good. We'll Kyrie see. They might really be interesting good. if he stays on the court. Listen, the, the, the records may not show, but the Eastern Conference is really interesting. And uh, lo and behold, the Knicks, as much as we talk, as, as much as doom and gloom as it is, the Knicks aren't totally, completely that far off from an eighth spot. Well, they're seven and a half, so it, it got down to five. And at five, five, I, we got, I think we both got a little excited. We did now get pretty excited. Seven and a half. But, you know, w- w- with Mike Miller coaching, he's been seven and 11 since he's taken over as an interim head coach. And, uh, you know, if they keep up that pace, that pace, or even improve upon it, and this is after a very tough West Coast swing where they had to take on the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Lakers, like world beaters. Um, they've looked all right. And I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs. I'm not even saying if they should try and make the playoffs. I, I'm one of the people who think that they should make some moves before the trade deadline and really load up on some assets and try and get some players, maybe some disgruntled stars that probably need a new fresh start somewhere. I'm one of those people, but at the end of the day, yesterday was one of those rare good Nick wins where everything was in the cards for them to blow it. Like the 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 foul three pointer with Jimmy Butler going to the line to shoot three, to you know missing free throws from R.J. Barrett again and Randall. Um, it's it's it was in the car. It was the typical here we go again with the, with the, with another heartbreaker for the Knicks, but they pulled it out, and for that. You can be a little thankful. Thanks for the kudos. And joining us live from the Big Easy in New Orleans, legendary sports writer. He's done all the beats over here at the New York Post. 
My man Mike Vaccaro is out in New Orleans right now for the college football championship, but we figured we'd call him on Big Apple Bucks and talk some Knicks hoops. Mike, how you doing, man? Hey, man, it's good to talk to you today. Thanks for having me on. Of course, of course. I wanted to get you before before things got crazy tonight. So, you know, this will be out tomorrow. So I want to make you look like a all-knowing sorcerer. So look into the future and tell us who wins the big game tonight, LSU or Clemson, and why. I'll make two predictions. One, I really think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a game that's going to be four quarters worth of just just this tremendous action because you got two great quarterbacks going against each other. But uh, it's going to be hard for me to go against the, which is essentially the home team LSU because I do think it's going to be about fifty thousand LSU fans in that building tonight, and I think that's going to make a difference over the course of four quarters. I think they're going to be just a little bit more, a little bit better than Clemson, but it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be one of those games we're talking about. Uh, you know, for a couple of months. Hidden in between the hoopla of uh, the college football championship and uh, the divisional round series in the NFL, the Knicks actually played some good basketball yesterday and beat the Miami Heat at home during Kids' Day with the return of Julius Randle after uh, suffering a, a, a loss uh, close to him with his grandmother passing away. Um, the Knicks are 7-11 and under coach Mike Miller. I would love to know what are your thoughts on how he's done as the head coach of this team? How would you evaluate him so far? I think he's a terrific. I really do. Uh, I, I think that, uh, look, I mean, they're, they're a flawed team. They've been a flawed team from the jump. Um, but you know what? 7-11 over 18 games, uh, is, it, 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 it speaks to what he's been able to instill, I think, in this team. And don't forget, you know, a couple of those games, especially the ones on the coast, the last couple of games, they just really didn't have a shot because they didn't have – they didn't have their two best scorers out there, and so it was kind of they were they were they were, they were really going in there shorthanded on the road on the West Coast, which is a tough threesome. But uh, you know, I I think he's done a terrific job. I think he's really tried to instill uh, a real message with this team. And look, I mean, they don't always defend everybody every night. They don't always do everything perfect every night. So I'm not going to say he's waved any kind of magic wand, but I do get a sense that they go about their business a little more professionally maybe than they did before. Maybe there's a little more accountability than there was before. Um, I think they like playing for him. I think I think they understand that this is a guy who's who's waited for a long time to have a shot like this, and he's taking his chance. You know, he's taking his shot, and uh, I, I think the Knicks are better for it. Now, does that mean they're going to be completely rehabilitated into a into a team that we all want them to be uh, consistently? Of course not, because the pieces aren't all there yet. But but I do think they're a lot more representative product. And I think all you had to do was was look at that game against Pete yesterday. I mean they. They, uh, they not only came back from the 14-point deficit, they not only got key contributions from guys you want to see, like Knox and Barrett, but, you know, that's a game we've seen so often this year, last year, in past years, where, you know, they play a good team like the Heat, just good enough to lose. And, you know, this time they were actually able to, to finish it off in the end, and they were actually able to, to get the win. And, uh, you know, despite the, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the foul call uh, late, which, you know, you know, maybe that's a, a sign of, of, of a little different kind of karma, too, because I would think that nine times out of ten, nine and a half times out of ten in the past, uh, Jimmy Butler would have made all three of those free throws, and this time he didn't. So, uh, you know, I think that's definitely something you take away from it. I think it's definitely something you give credit to the coach for, but something you also give credit to the players for. Now, speaking of the coach, and uh, this, this is probably the last time I bring up Fisdale, I mean, do you think he was just in a in – a, in a, a square peg in a, in a round hole? I mean, like, if you look at his past, you know, he – he was a big assistant with the Miami Heat with a lot of superstar players, but this isn't a superstar-laden team. This is kind of a team full of journeyman guys, guys who have kind of been underappreciated outside of the young core. And Mike Miller, who's kind of a journeyman coach, 
maybe fits a little better with this roster. Do you agree with that, or do you think it's just, you know, the guy's just scheming a little better than uh, than Fisdale was? Well, it's definitely hard to argue against that because really the evidence is there that that's true. Um, you know, what I'll say is that I think I, 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 I don't think you – know, I, 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 won't, I won't classify it as unfair what happened to David Fisdale, but I also don't think it was completely fair either because, look, I mean, last year's roster was a complete mess and there was clearly a certain – you know, way that the Knicks wanted to go about things last year. Um, this year, I thought maybe you, you might have been able to kind of get a little bit of a, a sense of worry that maybe he wasn't the guy day to day, that maybe he was more of a of a relationship guy. Like you say, on a on a better team, maybe he would have been able to put the pieces together, kind of be, you know, kind of kind of you know, do do his coaching that way and build you know, by building relationships. I, I do think Mike Miller is a better X and O guy. I think that's pretty clear just looking at it. Uh, X and I X and O guys don't always you know don't always matter in the long haul, though, depending on the team you have. So I think you're right. I do think that, that the, 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 the matching of coach and roster is probably better under Miller than it was under Fisdale, only because I do think that their personalities mix a little more. Uh, I, you know, I, I, it, as interesting as it sounds, I think that I think that with a little better team, David Fisdale would have had a little more of a shot because I think he would have been allowed to kind of allow his personality to, to show through more in the team, which, which, which wasn't going to work at all with the Knicks. Well, I think really just need a guy to kind of help grind them through day to day. Now, uh, the Knicks seem to be positioning themselves to be sellers in the trade deadline market. And, uh, you know, guys like Marcus Morris have garnered a lot of interest. Uh, there's been rumors circulating about Andre Drummond. There's been rumors circulating about even Julius Randle. Um, do you think the Knicks should be sellers as far as, like, getting making Julius Randle available, making Marcus Morris available? And do you think they should involve any type of first-round picks if it means they can get back a, a franchise-changing player, whoever that may be? Well, I mean, you've know, you got to be very careful about who you define as franchise-changing if you're the Knicks because I think right now, you know, I, I, think every, I, I think the majority of fans are behind the fact that they've built, you know, assets for the future, that they've been patient in, in the face of, of being, being very hard to be patient because sometimes he's been some, some terrible losing stretches. Uh, look, I, 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 I think a guy like Marcus Morris is a guy you definitely have to look at moving, especially because I think you can see that uh, teams that are contending are probably going to be willing to probably maximize their offer, you think, because he's a guy who really can help you in so many different ways. Um, you know, it, it, it's a problem for a team like the Knicks because Morris is also one of the reasons why they're competitive night to night. And so you start looking, and you know, you see what what the Knicks have looked like, you know, notwithstanding the Heat game, you know, without Morris in the lineup the last week. Uh, that's what you're going to be looking at, you know, every day once that's gone. But if you're able to, to me, it's, to me, it's, if you're able to turn him into a, into another first round pick, that gives you another asset, and maybe down the road you can, you know, now all of a sudden you have enough of those assets to where that can maybe help turn it into a into a franchise altering player. I, I don't, I just don't. I'm not sure that any of the players currently, even packaged with a number one, uh, would, would would necessarily turn that into a player that you can build a team around. And I'm not necessarily, and I'm also not necessarily sure that you want to exit this year's lottery uh, based on that, uh, because I think it's uh, I think it's about garnering assets, and I think that that's probably the biggest thing that Marcus Morris can can give to the Knicks the rest of his tenure here is is the ability to turn him into something that could 
two steps down the road, maybe it becomes something franchise-altering. Yeah, you're correct. A lot of fans have been looking at this team as uh, garnering assets and developing young talent. And recently, the young talent's been kind of on the, in the microscope when it comes to Frank Nielakina being more aggressive, Kevin Knox uh, starting to turn things around, and even R.J. Barrett, who's had like maybe his, his fifth strong game uh, in a row. Uh, what are your just uh, overall thoughts on Nick's youth talent and how they've come across uh, these first three or four months into the season? You know, obviously it's hot and cold, but you're going to get that from, from, from kids. Uh, I'm really excited about where R.J. Barrett is. I mean, to me, I mean, I think I think when you see the way that he, he, he hates losing so much, and it's not just that you tell somebody, man, I hate losing. It's you can see every time he's part of a losing effort, it, just, it, 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 it bothers him. And I think that's a, that's a really good thing for, for, for other players that you're on. Um, he plays so hard every night. Um, and he fills the stat sheet, and uh, you know it's really you're really starting to see the benefits of that the last couple of games, I think. And you know, look, I mean, obviously he's had his struggles in the free throw line, but he's clearly worked at that uh, to try and get better at that. And I think that's a great sign, also. Knox is a guy that's a puzzlement, but you know, you, you have to keep going back to how how young he is and how you know how patient you really need to be with a guy like him, just because he's you know he really he's still be a junior in Kentucky, and 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 it's it's uh, you know there, there's there, 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 there's so much room for development. I do think he's got a, a higher ceiling than some people think. I think, but uh, uh, and Nilakina, look, I mean, every, every time I'm willing to kind of turn the page on him, uh, he, he he gives you a five minute effort where you're like, wow, that's really something, something special. You know, maybe that could become, you know, maybe that could be who we become. And obviously, you got to include Mitchell Robinson in that in that in that, that group also. And there's nobody that that intrigues me more than him because there were. I mean, there are times he really looks like Superman on the court. You know, when he stays in the court, stays out of foul trouble, plays smart, plays within himself, you know, and that's, that's a pretty good building block. Now, I'm not saying that all four of those guys are going to be essential parts of the core. You know, maybe one of those guys is going to be a guy who down the road, paired with something else, becomes a, you know, bigger asset, or maybe, you know, they become, you know, bench products or, you know, on a team when the team gets good. But, I, you know, I would be favorable on all four of them. Obviously, Knox has had a little bit of a struggle this year, but even you know, watching the way he played against the Heat yesterday was very encouraging. Mike, man, we could talk hoops with you all day, but I know you got to get back in the bayou and get ready for the big game tonight. But in the meantime, guys, you can follow Mike Vacker on Twitter at Mike Vac, M-I-K-E-V-A-C-C, and read his comms in the post and on nypost.com. Mr. Vaccaro, thank you for coming to Big Apple Buckets, my man. It's been great talking to you. Thanks so much for having me on. That's going crazy. <laughs> Yes, and joining us this week on Big Apple Buckets is a good friend of mine, MC from New York City, Hell's Kitchen. Uh, you can catch him on the South of the Winter Tour with Bobby Fino, a.k.a. Arian Foster, starting January 17th. His new album, Funhouse Mirror, is out on Same Plate and Sony. My man Marlon Kraft, what's going on, homeboy? My man, what's going on? Thank you for having me, bro. It's good, it's good, man. It's been a while since we caught up. I know we did the Slam Show a little while ago, and I know we got to talk some hoops, so I'm glad we got this time to catch up, man. Definitely, definitely. Me too, man. You know, it's always love, man. Always, always. Now, first off, I mean, I know a lot of people saw that flex freestyle that you put together. Before we get into any Knicks talk, because I don't want to depress you, that flex freestyle (laughs) (laughs) that uh, you absolutely bodied, and you got the... The seal of approval from Flex. When Flex gives you the ugly, like, I just bit into a, a lemon sandwich face that, that you get during the freestyle, that's that's the sign of approval. So how was it like to to get that from Flex and, and just, you know, really body that freestyle that really, you know, put a lot of eyes on you? 
It was dope, man. I mean, I've been waiting to do that for my whole life. Like any rapper, especially being from New York City, like that, that's just an iconic moment when you get to go on that platform. Um, and so I was ready for it. And it was funny because it flex, you know, a lot of people were like upset that like on the internet and in the comments that he didn't show more love. But then, you know, he also, but then he put out this list the week after of like 10 artists to watch for 2020 and he put me on there. So, you know, it, you know, he has his, is is like you said, it's just the mean face and he's an OG, so sometimes the love is subtler, but clearly I got the stamp. So it means a lot and I just been a lot more eyes on me since then. So I'm just appreciative of it. Absolutely, man. And and in addition to that, you put out Funhouse Mirror this year, lots of critical acclaim, you know what I'm saying? And now you're you're hitting the road one more time. Uh tell me a little bit about the album for those who may not have streamed it yet, but I you know, I know we've talked about it a lot. Tell talk to the people and tell them just how much that album meant to you and uh the kind of headspace you were in when it came to creating that project. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, you know, Funhouse Mirror, I put, you know, my whole everything I had into that joint is my debut album. Um and a funhouse mirror is a mirror that you look into and it gives you a distorted image of yourself back. And I always kind of feel like that's kind of what we're doing in society right now. When we look at our phones or we scroll down the gram or we pick which news outlet we want to lie to us, we're really just looking at reflections of ourselves. Uh, and so the album was kind of the process of me trying to break that mirror and be comfortable with what's internal and, and what's true and what's me and defining who I am and who I want to be as a person. And then also where I sit in the culture of our country and in the, in the world and hip hop. And so, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of live instrumentation on there, a lot of dope hip-hop production so anyone that hasn't heard it i would definitely recommend going and listen to it and i'm coming soon with some new music in the next few months as well well glad to hear that and we're also glad to know that you know not all media outlets lie to you especially if you're on big apple bucket so we always gonna keep it real keep it funky that's especially. right that's right the sports <laughs> outlets might be some of the truest stuff that we got <laughs> that we got left exactly. you, you like the you're like uh you're like uh you know the modern day truth tellers Oh, man, I appreciate that, bro. That means a lot coming from you. Uh, So let's get into it, man. Now, I know a lot of people uh, know that you're a hoops head. You know what I'm saying? You you cut your teeth on these New York City streets, uh, street balling and and, and being on AU tournaments and and traveling the the, the country playing ball. Tell a little bit about your your, your basketball past before we get into this uh, this Knicks talk real quick. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, I played in my whole life. Basketball was my first word. I was like running around saying b-ball, b-ball when I was like, like, you know, nine months old. I, um, I, you know, I played for the Riverside Church, uh, starting when I was like 11, you know, famous AAU program here in New York. Um, and then I played, you know, for Metro Hawks later into, you know, through high school. I was a thousand point scorer in high school. And I just played a lot of different tournaments throughout the city in Jersey. I played against some guys that ended up going high D1 or in the A. And, um, yeah, man, I was just running around, kind of making the rounds. Um, oh, feel, free, feel free to name drop, too. It's definitely not uh, – there's no, there's, no, there's no room for humbleness here. So tell me yeah. some of the players that you, you, you lined up against and played against. I used to play against Kyle Anderson a lot. He was like a Jersey dude, a FOMO, we used to call him. He, I used to play against him. Um, who was some, I think, uh, Michael Gilchrist, but before he was Kid Gilchrist, back when he was just, he was just Michael Gilchrist, um, he was big on the scene and, uh, uh, Mo Harkless was in the mix. Um, you know, a lot of those guys and a lot of, a lot of big names that I actually thought were going to be in the A and just, and just, it's crazy how the story goes. Cause some, you know how it goes. Some of the best guys you play against just kind of 
life takes a different turn and you're like, man, that cat was incredible, you know. Um, but, yeah, those are some of the guys. There's, there's a lot of different cats. All right, let's, let's get into it, man. These New York Knicks uh, coming off a big one yesterday. Did you happen to catch any of the game yesterday? I know it was happening during the, during the, during the football playoffs, but did you catch any of the game yesterday? I caught it. I caught, like, the end of it. Um, I, I already heard what happened, and then they were, like, replaying it. So I caught, like, the third and fourth quarter, and I saw the whole comeback and whatnot. It was a, a rare glimmer of light on a, on a, on a dark year. <laughs> and it has been a dark year man and uh you know speaking of you know going all the way back to i think the last time we talked was probably right after free agency and uh when the knicks signed up all those uh those uh i guess veteran players that are making up most of the roster right now what are your thoughts on some of those guys guys like marcus morris julius randall Alfred payton who uh kind of joined the team this year and uh have been trying to make a positive difference uh, to the Knicks franchise. Well, you know, I mean, I I, I like I like Morris. I think he's the type of uh, character guy that you know the Knicks have needed the past couple of years, where he's like a leader in the locker room, a lot of heart, a lot of no quit. Um, shout to Julius Randle who had a great game last night and condolences. I know I know he lost his grandmother and that was that was a you know big thing with his game last night and that was a dope thing to see. But but I do but I do got to say like you know objectively I just feel like like. A lot of times when I watch, I feel like the whole point was that we we're going to let these young guys grow and they be in position to really get that experience where they're relied upon and play the type of ball where you don't have a mellow on the court or even a Porzingis on the court. And so you can start to ingrain a system and start to uh, see guys try to play and move away from this ISO type of ball. Instead, I feel like when I, when I tune in, what I see is us just like treating Julius Randle like he's like a megastar. And I, I like you know a lot of a lot of ISO play, a lot of like cringeworthy uh, spin moves to the rim. So some some, some that's, I've kind of been feeling like we kind of like I know we talked uh, when we talked, and I was saying that we actually made the right move, not signing anybody crazy and, and and letting it build. But I feel like we're almost going halfway with it, where it's like everyone's still freaking out trying to like win. I'm kind of like the idea is that we suck, but we got we got to play like to let these young guys be the leaders, and I feel like that's what we're kind of not doing. Speaking of the young guys, is there anybody that's caught in your attention, uh, even though in, in limited minutes? I know Mitchell Robinson has shown glimmers of of, of superstar potential. R.J. Barrett's been having, having up-and-down years. Uh, Kevin Knox, who was in a pretty big slump, uh, had a pretty solid game yesterday. What are some of the young guys that, that you've noticed on the Knicks team that you feel like could be a, a building block towards the future? I, I like Knox. Like, you know, I know he's been he's been in and out of it, but he's got really good length and he can put the ball in the basket. And the thing that I like about him is, like, I, I see improvement. You know, a lot, you know, he definitely came back initially and looks like, okay, he's someone that could develop that shot and, and that could really become... I think some of these young guys, it's like, you know, like Frank, who who I love and just seems like a, a dope dude, but he can't seem to put it together. Um, you know, I, I worry that some of the stuff is how much better are they going to get at these things? Like, what's the ceiling? So I like Knox because I feel like he has a ceiling to be a pretty solid, like, rotational guy. And I think Barrett is, you know, showing these these glimpses where we could say, all right, man, like, if he can get this jump shot thing to a workable place. Um, but I feel like we're always saying that about guys in today's NBA that come in early and how many of them really get it to that place where they're really knocked down. You know, so it's like, I, I, I don't know, no, nobody, nobody, to be honest, really standing out to me where I'm like, 
we can rest our, our future there. Um, but I do see like sort of a supporting cast being being built, began, begun to being built up. Now, uh, you know, to be fair, a lot of this stuff started with, uh, you know, uh, Coach Fisdale and him kind of being at the helm. And ever since he was let go, granted, the Knicks kind of did themselves no favors at the beginning of the season. But Mike Miller's pretty much started to stabilize a little bit of that 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 roster and that franchise and especially that rotation. Uh, what have been your what have been your thoughts on, on Mike Miller since he's become the interim coach? And do you see him eventually losing that interim tag and probably becoming the the full time coach of this team? Um I, I think based on the Knicks probably like in the nature of our franchise, probably not. Like I think they'll probably bring bring in somebody else and Dolan will want somebody with a bigger name uh, at the end of the season. Um but I, I, you know, I think he's done a pretty good job, and I think it's, you know, especially with what he was given, it's hard. It's hard to be critical. Um, I think, I do think that a big part of it is, as soon as Fizdale got fired, even though all the players like supposedly really liked Fizdale, um, and I'm sure you know that they did, and 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 I rocked with him to a degree. But I think like it definitely removed the pressure from the year. Sort of, it was kind of like, all right, it was kind of an admission of like. Uh, failure almost not not necessarily failure but it's kind of like took the pressure off for the year like we got an interim head coach things aren't going well they got rid of our coach you know let's just play and I, and I think the guys are playing with a lot more freedom but I wouldn't I wouldn't like I wouldn't necessarily throw that on Fizz to say like oh he wasn't coaching the right way and Miller's got him doing a bunch of different stuff I don't know that I necessarily see that I just think guys feel a little more free now that the cat's out the bag you know what I mean and we know that the season is a wash Marlon before I drop a hot 16 for you I had to uh I had to ask you about your your come up here and you've been in the rap game four or five years now and a lot of guys go through a struggle of can they make it uh you see SoundCloud rappers left and right you see guys trying to make it in this industry and it's tough can you take us through that grind in your journey and maybe times you thought you wanted to quit and had to break through yeah, man. I mean, you know, it's really hard right now. You know, I'm I'm finally at a point where a lot of people, you know, know my name and are waiting to see what I do next. And for the first time, I'm not I'm not asking for people to like begging people to listen. I kind of got people waiting to see like, all right, what are you what are you coming with? And I had to scratch and claw for for five you know plus years just to get to this point. Um, and and you know you know a lot of rappers will lie, but. There's not money in this until there's money in it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm out here, I'm out here working and just trying to turn that corner. Um, but for me, you know, like I came across music in such an honest way as being an outlet for me to vent my anxieties and my struggles through that it never really like occurred to me to quit because it just always felt like something that I need to do to, to breathe. Um, so, you know, I just, I just keep on pushing and, you know, and I, and I, and I think like, you know, it's the same thing with, with guys that, that work through. They bust their ass those first couple of years in the league and then they get that big contract and then they're good. You know what I mean? And it, it wasn't that breakout year that alone that got them the big contract. It was the five years before of how much work they were putting in, in the off season and how they were growing gradually and learning the ropes. So, um, you know, I try to think of it. I try to think of it like that. And I think we're really close to, to getting that, that big contract and doing the, doing the damn thing and being here to stay. Speaking of having hunger and and getting that big contract, my my producer Jake and and God forgive us, amateur for rapper, this happening. <laughs> Jake wrote a hot sixteen. Uh, 
to you, and I guess the Knicks. So, Jake, uh, would you like a beat? Yeah. Would you? Do, do you want a uh, you want a Kaz beatbox, or do you, you want to? Do you want me to go Acapulco on you, or uh, what? Acapulco is that the <laughs> place? <Acapulco. laughs> Yo, no, do four, you, right. we got no four loco for this Acapulco. But, uh, it's your it's your do you call. Need, do you need a slow beat? Let, let me hear how you sound. Let's let's hear it a little bit. Okay, he's got something. All right. <clears throat> that's a, that's a good pace, I think. Here we go. We all Knicks fans, so say a prayer and light a candle. We on one-year deals with the exception of Julius Randle. Trade deadline looming, send him packing like a tour. Speaking of one-year deals, you got to trade Marcus Morris. They can't make a free throw. Hate to see it bring a tear. Kaz and I have been on the bench as long as Lonzo Trier. Have no fear, we got the youth, R.J. Barrett. Mitch Rob throws him down old school like Jeff Jarrett. I know Kaz loved that line, WWE. Put a smile on his face. Frankie knocks down a three. When Frankie balls is contained. Just like Pox put this team so inconsistent. Cough, cough, Kevin Knox. There's four more, but you were going so fast. I had to slow it down for the final four. <laughs> Do you need that last block? Oh, there's four, there's a last block. Know, okay. right, well, a little this, slower. Just a little slower. No Acapulco with the last right. one. Dolan and Mills got this rebuild going slow like a tortoise. Big eyes coming out your head. I'm the white Bobby Portis. So Marlon Kraft, here's the mic. Go be a rap killer. I just filled on the interim. I'm a young Mike Miller. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Marlon, yeah. let me tell you, I've known Jake for a number of years. I've never heard him rap in my entire life. So this is just as enjoyable for unprepared. me. You were going Yo, a little fast. So I, was, I had to catch up. But. I'm going to come clean like, Expectations were low, and, <laughs> and and you surpassed. That was that was that was a lot better than I that I thought. You had some bars in there, man. I'm not mad at that at all. I'm not mad at all. He he asked me if I wanted to hear it before you came on. I was like, nope. Surprise me. I just want to hear it. And you know what, Jake? The best thing I tell you is I've heard worse. Well, that, well I, I threw Jeff Jarrett in there for you, just for you. Listen, Jake, Jake, here's what we're going to do. You know that the song that they play at the end of the Knicks games in the Garden, like, you know, the New York City, we're going to, me and you are going to make the new one. We're going to do it. We're going to do an all Knicks track, and they're going to play it at the end of every game. I'm in, man. That's My rap name do. is Jay Swizzy, if, if you need a <laughs> trademark. <now. laughs> I'm not uh, mad at it. Man. I'm not mad at it. Marlon, uh, it's, it's always great catching up with you, talking hoops with you. Uh, unless you want to, unless you want to drop a hot sixteen to go back at Jake, we could call. I think it, we have to have. We could call it here, but I mean, you kind of on the spot man. right now. <laughs> Listen, man. You know, you know, part of uh, part of the the thing about being great is is knowing which battles not to take. Hey. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so I'll so drop I, the mic I, this time. So Jake, I'm gonna let him have that, man. He got that, man. <laughs> he got that. <laughs> Oh man, Jay, you can hold this over his head when he's when he's selling out stadiums and arenas. You can hold this over his head for the rest of time. It is all little people recorded. He, he popping docked me. He definitely popping docked me. <laughs> oh man, let's let's get to it, man. Marlon, anything else you want to plug before we get out of here? I'm good, man. Listen, South for the Winter Tour starts uh, starts this uh, this Friday in Charlotte, and it's me and my man Bobby Fino, known as, also known as Arian Foster. And, we're doing eight dates, man. So if you're anywhere near the South, 
come through. It's going to be great. It's my first time in these markets. And then I got a new EP coming this spring, and it's just going to be a big 2020, man. So I appreciate you guys for having me. As always, man, follow Marlon Craft on Twitter and Instagram at M-A-R-L-O-N-C-R-A-F-T on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, make sure you go and stream and download Funhouse Mirror out right now on all streaming platforms. Marlon, my man, always good talking to you, brother. Thank you, you for coming too, on Big man. Apple Buckets with the New York Post. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. And that is a wrap on this week's episode of Big Apple Buckets with the New York Post. Thanks to my man Jake Brown for making it happen each and every week. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Kazim. That's K-A-Z-E-E-M. And you can find more Knicks news by signing up for our daily NY Post sports newsletter and by visiting nypost.com. We'll be back next Tuesday, hopefully after another win. But until then, we'll see you. Take it easy. <laughs>